Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Elite Rugby Banter, the alternative rugby commentary. I'm your host, Adam, and as always, I'm joined by the loose trio of dreams, starting with Matt. Matt, how are you? Not too bad, thanks. How are you? Uh, I'm alright, thanks. Uh, our foreign correspondent, Ben, how are you? Um, well, thanks to you, Adam. Incidentally, in the loose trio, I'm the blind side flank. Okay, good. Good to know. Matt, are you the eighth man or the open side? Open side. Okay, that, that leaves uh, the star attraction of eighth man being Alex, who thankfully doesn't have plans today. How are you, Alex? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you, Adam, and thank you for having me on. Pleasure. We were chatting in our previous uh, pod that you weren't here that you, you, it takes a brave man to have social plans on a Sunday. So we, we do yeah. commend you, sort of, in, the, in yeah. that way. So, gentlemen, we're going to talk uh, about the previous weekend's games, the pain, the joy and the love that is the Super 15. So I guess we can start off with the game that was on Friday. The ever entertaining Blues managing to go down uh, against the Chiefs, who were playing almost with a second-string team. Damian McKenzie beat Eaton alive with two big hits, but the, the Chiefs ended up triumphing. All the same, guys, uh, look, some of us don't have the pleasure of watching a Friday game, only having a follow text commentary. But from what I could see, the Blues, it's classic Blues, start well for 60 minutes and then throw it away. Yeah, it's pretty typical for the Blues. I mean, like, they just, to be honest, they don't have the basics. They always have such a flashy backline, and they have had for years. Um, and I remember at the beginning of this season on Twitter, I think there were like three or four quite sort of heavyweight pundits who were salivating over the Blues backline. They were like, oh, you know, always need Pulu and, okay, put a rookie in Gatland or Perafita or whoever. But then you got like Moala, Sunny Bill, Rico Ioni, Milani uh, Nanai, Matt Duffy. Like, they're just like stars all over the park. And I kept saying to them, but like, that's not new for the bull, like for the for the Blues. Like the Blues have always had stars in their backline. They had the likes of Charles Pietal and like Francis Saili, and you know so many guys have come and gone through the Blues backline that have been star players, and they never do well. And the simple reason for that is that their forwards are shit, and not just that they're bad like athletes, or whatever. They got some great athletes in guys like Akira and Tui Pilatu, but like they're just not proper like they're not proper forwards. Like they don't have you know, an anchoring tight here. They don't have, like, a proper enforcing number four lock kind of thing. And until they get those sorts of basics, like those cornerstones right, they're always going to struggle. And they'll be competitive in most games against other New Zealand teams up until, like, the 70th minute or whatever, and they just fall apart. It happens every single season. Like, it's nothing new. Uh, I don't know. It's I think, as you mentioned, everybody keeps raising their back line, but I think everybody in New Zealand are just as puzzled about what's going on. Ben, uh, were you one of the guys who's saying it's the year of Akira, or was it you, Alex? Ben's catchphrase. I'm I'm all about year of Akira, but again, like like I, I have to I have to agree with Alex. Like granted, um, Akira and Rico and the back three and Sonny Bull, they'll make big plays and like they'll they'll produce a good highlights package for the year. But at the end of the day, they don't have the people up front doing the hard work, so they're always going to struggle because of that. Yeah, uh, Matt, uh, your thoughts on on the non-functioning blues? Yeah, with, without sort of being the third voice to just echo everything, <laughs> much yeah, without us having to repeat ourselves a third time, it's just yeah that I mean they've got some forwards, but I mean even then you can't build a team around Rico Yawani or Kano when he's healthy. So I think of the best the best names they've got yeah, at the moment but in forwards. Even, even the- even their loose forwards are decent. It's just their it's just, just their pack, tight five yeah. that lets them down, yeah. And you can't not yeah. their pack. The loose forwards are in the pack, okay. man. And, yeah, look, and, look, look! You're talking to someone now. I, I distinguish between the pack and the pack. That, 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 that's such a forward purist that he considers the he considers the back three backline players like. No, yeah. I've I've seen them run not run not the lines. Back, sorry, the, yeah. loose the loose trio, they yeah. run they run diagonal lines in that. That's uh, clearly backline. Well, uh, also, like Sonny Bull, he was missing for the game. But George Moale, who uh, a couple of seasons ago was shit hot on the verge of All Black selection, but has not stepped up at all whatsoever. So I, do, I don't know if it's Tano Umanga or the players, or I, I really don't know what. I, I, look, I kind of feel sorry for the Blues. They should at least beat one New Zealand t- side this year. I could only hope. But 
again, uh, opportunity thrown away. And let's just say uh, big up to the Chiefs. Uh, lots of guts. They lost Stevenson just before kickoff. They lost Ritalik, key forward, just before kickoff. And they still got, got the goods. And McKenzie, I don't know who made the comment on our group. He got nailed twice. And he just showed how hard his nails he is, even for a man yeah. of his size. Yeah. Matt, Matt Duffy fucking wrecked him yeah, in the one Duffy tackle. Was... The highlights yeah. I, so I think Duffy, yeah, I think he'd, he'd taken a cheap shot from someone earlier, or I think he might have slipped off a tackle like quite early in the game. And I think one of the commentators was like, oh, you know, Duffy slipping off the tackle. Like They just like made some crack about him not doing so well on the contact point. And then it was almost like he'd overheard them or something because he just came back with a fucking vengeance and put in two massive hits after that, one of which was on um, McKenzie. And like he was just bringing the fury after that. I don't know what got into him. I think one of the commentators joked that he'd taken angry pulls. Because <laughs> um, he's not a huge guy. Like no. You wouldn't think he's, he'd be like that physical. But for whatever reason, like he was just all over the park putting in big hits. Um, but yeah, I was, I was surprised that McKenzie just got up straight away. And like, he's also such a good bloke. Like, he got up after that tackle, and you could see he was like smiling and joking about it with like the referee or something, um, which is really good to see. He's got good personality, that guy. Yeah, so uh, the Chiefs continues. Um, Solomon Alimano. Alimano? So I don't know. I don't quite know how to pronounce it. He, he also looks like a find for the Chiefs on the outside back. He's got some gas. So He, he, yeah. he, won't, he won't go far because you just demonstrated white people battle to say his name. He, <laughs> he won't make it. He's not going to go far to the Crusaders. No, not not anytime soon. So um, my my apologies. It's, uh, sorry, guys. It's my you, my, my wife. That's actually, what can we do? You've actually just tagged his career. <laughs> well, I, I hope not. I hope <laughs> the white man's curse on him. He's in, yeah. he's in my uh, draft side, so I need him to be successful. No, he'll so be successful. He'll have a successful sort of season at the Chiefs, but that'll be sort of peak it. He'll languish there. No one will take him any further, <laughs> and he'll just sort of stagnate. Peak from next stagnate from next season on all because of you adam well adam, have... adam, on, mm? on the on the topic of the draft how did your how did your match against alex go this weekend um <laughs> i i don't think i don't think that's appropriate to, to talk about <laughs> what i'm saying is alex was saying oh no like i like come sad saturday morning he was complaining about oh no i'm going to be losing them by the end I got absolutely caned, so I, I don't think it's appropriate to to talk about. Let's just say Alex won, the better man won. Okay, just to leave, leave it leave it at that. Uh, so the Chiefs they have the bye, so hopefully a lot of their players will be coming back from injury. Sam Kane scoring another try. He's started off the season very well, so I know a lot of people in New Zealand are a little bit wondering about him, but I think he's kind of showing his mental. Now moving on to a game that hopefully we don't spend too much time on: the Reds versus Brumbies. 18-10, cut game. Reds win through six penalties versus two tries that were unconverted by the Brumbies. Uh, what more can we say? I know James Slipper, he got injured um, in the first half because he's in my fantasy team, and that's generally how I track these things. But pretty disappointing from the Brumbies, uh, wouldn't you say? That, that this, is, this is a game that would have hoped to have won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just sort of, I just sort of half watched it because, you know, it's Australian rugby, so it doesn't really warrant my full attention. But yeah, it, it was just it was just a bad game played by bad teams in a bad country. Like that's pretty much my summary of it. Okay, Alex, have anything to add? Uh, okay, that just <laughs> deathly sucks. <laughs> he, he he has fuck all to say. Matt, uh, anything anything to add? I didn't even catch highlights of this game, to be honest. Uh, okay, well, the, the highlights... Uh, I, I, I promise you, you, you save five minutes of no, your but, life. No, I'm just looking at now. I mean, the, what would the highlights have been? A bunch of penalties and two tries. Well, Nasirani's got a good try. Okay. Yeah, he, he, maybe he, I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll YouTube Nasirani's try in its sort of on its own. Uh, okay, well, I guess that that's going to wrap it up. Uh, crap game, a decent result for the Reds, and the Australian Conference marches on. Moving on to the Sunwolves Rebels, Matt, a little bit disappointed in your guys. I thought they would do better. Mind you, they picked up I don't know how many injuries and. Pre-game, during the game, towards the end, they had a flank on the wing, and they might have been starting both of their scrum halves. Uh, they showed some guts, but look, the Rebels, they put them away, and my boy Amanaki Mafi scoring a very nice try, uh, running away. He was in my fantasy team, but he, he didn't do anything for me. And then Jack Maddox, the unsung hero, scoring a hat-trick. So, mm. uh, very, very personal performance. Uh, Alex, uh, I know it's another Australian team, but do you have anything to add? Uh, about the- um, it's, it's like having a hemorrhage. Sorry. 
we need to talk about Aussies. I'm sorry. Yeah, like I, I, I really, I just don't fancy Australian rugby to be honest. Um, but I, I was up early to watch that game because Lucky's is playing, obviously. Mm. Um, so yeah, the, the Rebels. Boys. I think you got to watch your boy, especially. I mean, shame he's all alone, all the way in Orient. Like he needs a bit of support. But um, I thought the Rebels did pretty much what was expected of them. Um, especially because the Sunwolves team that was named, they were missing like a couple of their better players. And yeah, I mean, they started off with like a pretty raggedy squad and it hasn't really taken form yet, I don't think. Whereas the Rebels are, you know, the sort of amalgamation of two relatively weak Australian teams that are better than some of their parts probably. So yeah, I don't really, I don't really have too much to say about the game. I thought Amanaki Mafia would do better. Especially, you know, sort of in Japan where he's got roots and everything. Right. Disappointed in him. No, he did well, but like, and he, you know, he he tackled, he tackled like a fucking demon. Um, I don't know how many tackles he made, but I think he might have been the top tackle maker for the weekend. He might have had. He had, from what I remember, he had one or two good runs as well, especially the one leading up to his try. Yeah, yeah, he had a he had an assist and a try, um, and his. His try was good, and his, he had a good. I would say he was man of the match to me at least. Yeah, he's I the sort know. of name that. Besides Maddox's three tries, I think Mafia had a more sort of rounded influence on the game. Oh, he's the ultimate Adam. player. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, um, yeah, yeah, Adam, Maddox, Adam, if he's uh, yeah. anyway, Maddox, yes, I was, was going to mm-hmm. say Maddox. I think he was quite a highly sought after youngster when he came out of youth level. Um, I can't remember which team it was. I think it was the Waratahs. The, 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 Reds, the, Reds were, the Reds were courting him, I think. Or the Waratahs. Yeah, the I, oh, I can't remember which one it was. But one of the... Like, yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a bold decision to go to the Rebels because they, they mm. brought in so many players from the force that there's a lot of competition there. Mm. Um, and to be honest, he's he's lucky to be playing at the moment because Korobiti's injured, right? So yes. if it wasn't for that, he wouldn't have even been on the park. And if I'm not mistaken... Um, Korobiti is going to be back this week you know, or next week oh, hope so. so there's going to be a big decision to be made by the coaching staff whether you reward the youngster who gets a hat-trick albeit against the Sunwolves who or you bring back your, your star Wallabies winger um, who are they playing? Uh, yeah. uh, they are going to be playing the Brumbies yeah um, I think so, so. Yeah. Look, I mean, they'll probably start Maddox again and then ease Korobiti off the bench if he's even back this week yeah. mm-hmm. um, it's a safe call but yeah, whatever. It's Australian rugby. Um, yeah, let's just move on. Can uh, I, can I, can I mm. mention something about the Sunwolves quick? Yeah. Who's the, the Sunwolves captain, the scrum half? Uh, Brits is one of the captains. Uh, yeah, no, but I'm... Is it... Uh, Tanaka? No, it's not, no, uh, it's not Tanaka. It's, uh, it's Nagari no, 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 or something. Oh, anyway, he he's not as good as Tanaka. Like straight up, like the Sunwolves. He also doesn't the have sun- the same like mascot value. Yeah, but but I think the Sunwolves are now stuck, similar to when the the Springboks got stuck with old John Smith, where mm, yeah. Bismarck was actually a far better player, but you had to play John Smith because he was the captain. Oh, yeah. And I I think the sun, the Sunwolves have kind of fallen into a fallen into so a similar name, trap. His where, name is Yutaka Nagare. Yes, that's right. Um, and he's Santori Sungoliath player. He's only 25, so he's he's got a few years. He's, he's a bit younger than Tanaka. Um, and he's only played five games for Japan, the national side. So, some, I don't know. Yeah, there's some funny stats in that Sunwolf side where the guys will have almost equal stats to, in top league and national appearances. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know, because I would like to see sort of the the percentage of foreign players in that Japanese top league. Because you don't just yeah. hear about sort of kind of big names South Africans going, you hear about some kind of odd guys who kind of come through Varsity Cup and end up there. So yeah. I wonder what, what percentage of the league are actually eligible to play for Japan. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's a very interesting question. But I think one for Jamie Joseph, who maybe he's not starting Tanaka, for example, because Tanaka... Isn't showing the right attitude. I know Michael Leach came back. He didn't do much, and I know he hung around on the wing, but he didn't see the ball much uh, uh, as well. Yeah. But so, I think Leach was added more out of necessity because they had to shuffle around a lot of the forwards. Yeah, and I don't know if he's a six. He's, he's more of an eight. But uh, yeah, yeah. Don't want, so we don't want to dwell too much Actually, on it. As, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I just so. have one one more thing to add, and like I'm trying to think. I was quite early in the morning, so I don't know if I mm-hmm. was hallucinating, was but I, I thought I came up with something quite profound, um, which was that I feel like the Sun Wolves have quite a clear division between their forwards and their backs. Yeah. So like their forwards pretty much just do forward things, and their backline players just do backline things. And the reason I noticed that is because I kept obviously waiting for Lucky's to kind of join the line or you know get a bit of a runoff, and he yeah. almost never did. Like you just their forwards just kind of of like out of respect for the backs didn't put their hands on the ball ever or something and you know similarly to the backs like you very seldom see them ever like rucking over even if it was an isolated player or something I just feel like they have pretty clear delineations of duties on the field which I thought was a bit it, weird it's a it's a relatively common thing with kind of newly formed teams you actually if you watch Craven Week you actually see it quite mm-hmm. a lot because I think okay. I think we've, ex- we've kind of experienced it at school. Maybe obviously not Adam, but when sort of the <laughs> forwards go practice, you know they do like the lineouts, yeah, the and, the, and then the backline go do the backline moves, and then sort of maybe at the end of practice you have a run for kind of twenty minutes together, and then like you yeah. only really start gelling as like a single kind of forwards in the backs, backlines rocking over, you know, like sort of the balance after maybe kind of halfway through the season. Well, that was my experience from from school at least. And I think I think the Sunwolves are basically experiencing a similar thing. Like they're a new slide put together, and they they just haven't had time to kind of integrate between forwards and backs. Yeah, yeah. So they, by the, by the sounds of it, coming from my uneducated rugby mind, uh, they're still they're still kind of finding their way as a team. And I, I just want to say I kind of said that I do think they will get better, but I think it's quite an interesting observation you made about how they're not really putting in the hard yards, uh, forwards, backs, mm-hmm. not really jetting. So a uh, still way to go, maybe for Jamie Joseph, but they, they in theory should get better, especially if they have their full team on the park. Yeah, well, well, they're going to beat the Sharks by 17 next weekend, so, like, obviously <laughs> they're going <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it, the guys, it's it's fate, as they say. It's called tempting fate. And they will, they will. It's, 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 it's a done deal. No, well, that, um, so, uh, well, yeah? One good news is, one piece of good news is, Tongan Godzilla's made it onto the tour squad at least, so maybe he is going to crack one against the Sharks. Yeah, so I might give you back. I think that tour squad is a smoke and mirrors tactic. Like, half of those players were injured, like, last week, so... Uh, so was Willemson, well, he's going to be back, so... Mm. Right, uh, we shall see. Right, let, let's uh, move on. Speaking of actually a Willemson, um, the Stormers, uh, they were beaten 45-28 by the Crusaders. If the game was only 60 minutes and the last 60 minutes of the game, the Stormers would have come out victors, uh, outscoring the Crusaders. But the first 20 minutes, I don't know if all of us watched it, it was absolutely horrible. I thought the Stormers were on a hard into nothing. So good credit to them for coming back. But they were caught and shocked early by the Crusaders, who, I think as the commentator said, they're just executing at such a high and quick level the Stormers weren't ready for that. They were not prepared. So, uh, Alex, uh, overall, your, your thoughts on the Stormers' results? Uh, unfortunately, you lost J.D. Schickling um, in the process, uh, who scored his first Super Rugby try. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. just saying I'm pretty sure he scored a try in, like, under 12s or something. I'm, it can't be his first no, 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 try. No, 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 no. Super, super Rugby. Super, super Rugby. Super. You know, yeah, those, yeah, they, yeah. they count more than, you know, normal rugby. They're super tries. Oh. <laughs> um, so, I, I thought, actually... Um, there were some positives. Like, I don't want to be too, you know, stupid about the whole thing and, like, just a bitter fan. Um, the first 20 minutes, like you said, Adam, were just an absolute horror show. It looked like they hadn't even fucking practiced. Like, and I mean, I've been saying this about the Stormers for the last fucking, I don't know, seven or eight years. If, like, they're the one team that consistently appears to just have done no work on the training field. Like, they never seem to learn from their mistakes. They're doing the same error. They make the same errors like this last weekend they've been making for years. There's been like no evolution with that team, which is really frustrating as a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it. As you, as you correctly pointed out, the rest of the game was actually surprisingly, even when you consider the strength of the Crusaders side, they were up against mm-hmm. because when you, when you take out of, out of the picture, like those, those outliers, those first few soft tries, it was a surprisingly even game um, with especially the front row. Okay. I know I kind of shat on Samuels in the Facebook group, <laughs> And Ben gave me a hard time for that because um, Samuels actually wasn't that bad. But particularly Wilco Lowe, Janssen Florensburg, and then when he came off the bench, as Matt will remember, Stephen Kitschoff. Those, oh, guys yeah. formed the found- those guys formed the foundation for a hell of a fight back from the Stormers, really. Um, so many tries coming from the tight five, which was All four cool. tries were from there. 
Yeah, three, all four three were, okay, yeah. Yeah. three were from the props you just named, and the other one was Shikili. From, okay, from, cool. the, well, from yeah. the real pack. From the real pack. <laughs> from the real pack. The wolf pack. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because like on Twitter, I think just after the game or during the game, someone was sort of ridiculing the Stormers and being like, "Oh, Stormers with their like running rugby in um, <laughs> running sort of quotation marks." But then, yeah, but then all the all the tries scored by front rows. But then the Lions game later, you had Ron Dreher, you had Malcolm Marks, and didn't um, yeah both props. Yeah, he's uh, good, yeah. yeah, the whole uh, row got tries. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Van Royen. Van Royen yeah. also got over for a try. So exactly, like you know, it's, 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 it was a stupid thing for him to say. What did in any case? Um, um, I haven't looked yeah. really at the stats. What were the Stormers' wings stats like? Were they even getting the ball? Uh, they were pretty poor. Rule had a couple really. of bright moments, but, and and actually, Allender had one of his better games in in some time. Yeah, uh, he was looking looking pretty sort of. The Islanders like a fourth loose forward essentially. He's not. Or well, went on form. Yeah, yeah, went on form. So he doesn't. Like I, that's what I'm sort of specifically looking at, like the wings, really what their stats were like. Yeah. Because I mean, it's sort Should of worrying it's that. It's on the other wing. Uh, it was Sinatra. Sinatra. He didn't. He, he, he didn't have much. So they shut him down, and then it was. Did Sinatra play that game? Yeah, yeah, no, he did. Did, yeah, they're not going well, back to the... There you go. Oh. Uh, and then Raymond Rule. Raymond Rule actually didn't look too bad, all, all, all things considered. He missed a couple of tackles. And SP Maria, I think, like by anyone else's standards, I think he had a decent game. Yeah. Um, from what we've come to expect from him, he was maybe a bit subdued, but it was also just the nature of the game. Um, but he offers so much of the kicking to you, actually. Like, I've, yes. I've come to really respect his kicking game. Um, uh, and the... Yeah. I don't know... The, Kiwi commentators seem to love Marie. Uh, they say, oh, maybe he doesn't get everything right, but he's always trying for the team. So I, I, it's true. He's always running. His legs are always pumping, and his kicking is, uh, I must have, but quite aesthetically pleasing, seeing him to kick yeah. lines up nice and straight and everything. What did you think about later 10? I thought he was all right. He's certainly a lot better at 10 than uh, on the wing. He should either be at 10 or at 15. I, I don't think he's the best wing. He's the, it doesn't um, able to exploit what he does best, uh, in my opinion. He's a serviceable 10, but better at 15. Mm. I think I think better fifteen. Um, I was really I was really excited for this because the first time I think most of us probably saw him play was at ten for well okay it's the first time I saw him play was at ten for bishops and it's kind of where he made his name and he was fantastic number ten at high school level but yeah I was pretty unimpressed I think even though the pack was getting them quite good front football he didn't really seem able to create very much with it. He's a much better receiver of the ball than distributed, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what he's developed into. I mean, we've seen him, like, run onto the ball from depth. He's, like, almost got a bit of a poor man's McKenzie type of thing going on. <laughs> we need a bit of space. So, like, he needs the defense to be a little bit wrong-footed because he's great at finding gaps and exploiting them, and he's got some fancy footwork, and that's all good. You don't get any of that at Flyhalf. Um, you need to be able to create for other people, which is not his strong, his strong suit. And if you compare mm-hmm. his performance to, like, Alton's performance, where... Elton didn't carry the ball very much. Like he takes it up to the line and then he pops mm. it off or he puts it through a grab or a little chip kick or whatever. And that's Elton's strength. Elton's like a really good distributor. Mm. And I think that's the, the comparison is that Lades just doesn't have the distribution aspect of playing number 10 down. Maybe it's just because he's lacking game time there. But like Matt said just now, Phillips is back. So hopefully it becomes a moot point. Yeah, but if Phillips yeah. is back, what does that mean for Lades? Back to the languishing on the wing. Because he's yeah, not taking over yeah. airspace at 15. No, he'll no. go and No, which is a pity. They, 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 they reckon Marie might be injured, though, so maybe this problem... Oh, no, I heard, uh, last I heard, that they, they, they said he's going to be... What, that whatever he pulled in his leg or whatever seems to be better, and he might actually be back. He missed, I think, practice yesterday. Yeah, well, I'm just, just having a quick check-up here. No, I don't see anything that immediately pops out. Uh, Spimo looks like, yeah, uh, you probably read the same story I'm busy reading now. Which one's that? Uh, that uh, he'll be... NZ Herald or something? It wasn't even ours. Uh, it was 424. They, they reckon that he looks to be fully recovered from any injury. While, uh, unfortunately, Shukling, he's out for ages, as is Peter Steff's toy. He decided to oh, send his head. Out? Have they pulled out Peter Steff? Uh, can, can, can I complain about Peter Steff's toy for what? Please do. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh. Just, just, I really, I don't feel he ever plays to his potential. I know I kind of, I mentioned this on the group now, but I feel he's, he's just, he's so talented. He, he's so big. He's got good hands. He's strong. He's actually got a decent kind of rugby braid. He can run at a gap. 
but mm. it never seems to kind of all come together in a game. Well, I, I remember yeah. two seasons ago when I remember that game where the Stormers should have lost against the Sunwolves. That season, I think it was two seasons ago, he was their standout player because everyone was, was that, absolutely terrible. Was but he hasn't kicked on when, since. That was the season when him, him and Eben played most of the season. Eh? Yeah, that, he and he hasn't kicked on. So I, I tend to agree with you. I always have high hopes for him, but he just hasn't quite kicked on. And, and so reading this flex says he's hopeful that the toy will be recovered from a head knock. So he's a big maybe. I wouldn't bank him starting. So uh, I tend to agree. Uh, maybe others are taking the shine off him or he's protecting himself. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. He just doesn't seem to have that edge that he had to ha- that he had two years ago when for the first iteration of Super Agents. So I agree, Ben. I think that's a pretty fair criticism. Even though he is a class player, he's just not reaching his potential. So, same Do you guys think he's... Do you guys think he's better at, at seven or at five? No, at five. I'm five. Uh, yeah. I stand by five. Yeah, even at five, I, I think also maybe having Urban next to him might help a lot. Who knows? I think I think they're a great combo because they complement each other. But yeah, uh, Ben, do you have uh, any anything, any other further hot take no, no, on Peter Stephen's toy? No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying <laughs> like he shit or whatever, but I'm just saying no, no, no. that... hundred percent. To, to me, he's... Just remember, he's he, like, listen, uh, he listens to the podcast, Ben, so just yeah, remember that. everyone well, knows. Yeah, well, yeah. even if he does it, I'm sure Sia will mention it to him. No, well, um, you've hurt Sia's feelings because, fuck, he can't play anymore. So you've clearly cut Sia down hard. Yo, fuck, Sia, Sia's great at bouncing back from criticism, so I don't know what's up with him at the moment. No, yeah, he was quite geez. disappointing. He... He the looked a bit bleak when you're sitting on the bench. Was, was, he, was yeah. he even on the field? Like I'm trying to, like I watched the game, but I had, I have no memory of Sia. This week, he got last week, he's been like yeah. token, token sort of appearances on the field, not even luxury appearances. Yeah, he got yanked after like around about 50 minutes, which I thought was, I mean, quite an indictment of this game. So he was pretty poor. Uh, just a quick mention before we go into the Crusaders. Um, huge compliments to the Stormers front row. Uh, I think the, the the Kiwi commentators were loving watching uh, the likes of Jansen van Rensburg. Good to see him back, even though he's a traitor for leaving the Lions. I always have to get that in there. <laughs> Fulco Lowe, simply outstanding. And Stephen Kitsoff, I know he didn't mean to break Richie Munger's jaw, but I says all those guys are all big pieces of meat. What I, what I can uh, say yeah. is, look, looking at a yeah, looking at a national level. It's. I'm getting very positive. We are we developing some world class props and Volko Lowe, Geez, what a unit! I mean, they they kind of like focus the camera on him. Holy shit! That's just <laughs> his legs are terrifying because they're about as big as his upper torso. No, he he was outstanding. <laughs> I, I think among the. I, I mean, he was your highest scoring player, Matt. No, um, no, no. Kitsov was. I don't know if Volko. I've got Kitsov. Oh, uh, 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 Alex had Volko. I Adam, know. What are you but... What are you doing, Adam? <laughs> you know you're at all Adam, how no, no, drunk I'm are you? I'm not drunk at all. I'm not drunk at all. My my wife did wander over and, and showed showed the wine bottle to me, so I'm hoping to get some of that a little bit later. But uh, quickly, just to focus on the defending champions, Crusaders, big blow losing Richie Mwang. I know they've got Mitchell Hunt waiting in the wings, but that's a that's a heck of a blow. I know uh, Ryan Crotty went off. Tami Navalu moved into the centres, and when he did that, I, like, I'm a huge set of Tami Navalu fan, so. I'm just going to say every time. I must admit, he's trying. Yeah, no, he ran a good line, and every time he picked up the ball, he made made meters, and he's got two left hands. Then his nephew Mataeli came on. He wasn't so great, but um, I mean, overall, even though the Crusaders are suffering a little bit, uh, Michael Alatoa he was again poor. They they got Chris King, so that second red front row got destroyed by the Stormers. But even then, they just—I think it was you, Ben, or was it you, Alex? One of you guys made the comment that winning's a habit, and that's the sort of team that has winning built into them. And they got a huge game against the Canes next week, which is going to be a cracker. Uh, If the Canes get all their luggage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Sorry, Ben. Do you have any hot prediction about the the Canes' trip back to New Zealand from Argentina, crossing the international deadline? It'll, it'll be fine because the Argentinians aren't there stealing their luggage and shit. It'll, no, no, like, it'll be a long flight because obviously it's a long flight. I'm curious but they, they'll get in fine and have a few days. Yeah, we, we, we shall see. So look, it's going to be a crack of a game. I don't know if it's on the Saturday or the uh, Friday. I hope it's not on the I Friday. I think it's Saturday morning. I think we picked third for it. So presumably it's Saturday. It is Saturday, 8.35. I'm marking that down on my calendar. I'm looking forward to... You know, to... you know what I could do with is a Friday night game? Because we haven't had one yet. And it's so yeah. nice to come home after work and have a bit of a Friday night beer. That's and, true. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure this, there must be one. There, there must be one. We're like more than two teams are touring SA. We should theoretically get Friday night games. Yeah. But... Yeah. 
So yeah, b- a big game next week. Moving on to what was, jeez, oh, I don't know, but by the Australian game, probably one of the worst games I've seen in a while. I think you can a call while. this an Australian game, to be fair. It was. Sharks, Waratahs, 24-all. Uh, Waratahs did not play well at all. They just capitalized. In fairness, they, they capitalized on the Sharks' mistakes. The Sharks, they, they blew this. They absolutely blew it. Keegan Daniel, uh, the part that you missed, Alex, there was much, much hate directed towards Keegan Daniel. He seems to have a lifetime membership at Kings Park with his absurd throw in and awful pass that uh, was it Michael Hooper that picked it up and yep. disappeared yeah. with it. Uh, yeah, Sharks completely fucked it up. Uh, they, they, and, and, and yeah. I'm just, I'm trying to remember what I, I'm trying to think back and come up with something that the Sharks did right. Um, were pretty fucking devastating actually like they were, they, right. I don't know like Esterhazen I'm not a big fan of that kind of a center I, to be honest he should probably be playing loose forward um, but I mean you can't fault his impact like he yeah. was able to break the line so many times and like they didn't really have a plan to deal with him Beal's uh, not really the guy you want marking him and then Beal went off pretty early uh, under so Esther had... did Esther is an injured Beal I'm I'm not quite sure Beal had... I, I have I a would... sneaky feeling Beal was carrying a bit of a shoulder yeah, a, a rib neck I think he and was then, carrying uh, and just like the first bit of contact yeah, and he's absolutely key for their distribution. But 100%, Esther Hazen ran over a couple of the Waratahs. Him and Am were, were actually excellent in what was a very ship performance. Thomas the Toy, I mean, I sold him now. I got rid of him. I've given him to Alex. He, he was also very poor. Yeah, but I could have told you that. And did you not listen to old uh, mouth of South Africa, them Nick Mallet saying, Kuni Oosthuizen took three or four years not to be shit. So we need to expect that at the minimum from Thomas the Toy. I missed the voice of reason. I got, got got a little bit confused by the studio change, which uh, I didn't appreciate uh, either. I they just I, they don't know what to do with their hands. I don't know what to do with I'm my so hands. I'm so worried That's about how long it took me to realize that they were in a different studio. I don't know. It just looks and the lighting. Shanted his cop was super light. I was like, man, well, man, the, the sound the sound was also fucked. Like it was like a, I'm, still, <laughs> I'm still not sure you guys are. You guys might be trolling me about the new studio because I don't notice shit. Oh, good, Alex, because I really didn't notice it. Then at halftime, they were all huddling, standing standing around a t- this tiny screen as opposed to the huge one that they usually have. Which yeah, I? exactly. Have they maybe, maybe it's has Why couldn't they just move the big TV as well? Out, out of curiosity, has Supersport just lost a lot of money that they have to now sort of just film this outside on a terrace somewhere in reception? No, no I presume. Are they redoing the old studios? Yeah, that's yeah, that's probably the case actually. I don't know. Like, I think for for me, the whole thing like just stinks of a a bad management decision where they were getting like negative feedback from people or like their ratings were dropping, and they were too close to the problem or they were just in denial and they were like, oh, maybe if we have like a change of set, a change of scenery, like <laughs> it's the it's the physical aesthetics of the of the program that's got people thinking we're dog shit and don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Um, let's just like change the way we stand or like let's put Brayton on the other side instead. Um, that's what it sounds like to me. Like it's just a really stupid administrative decision that is completely clueless. No, no. I, don't, I, I think there is a, a logistical reason for it. Yeah, they're probably, they're, they're probably redoing the, the studio. But yeah, overall, uh, cup game and I don't know, teams just can't seem to catch the ball in Durban. Can, uh, I, say, I, can I also mention that Tyler mm. Paul was fit as well? And I, I just yes. want to get this out here now because by the mm-hmm. end of the season, there are going to be Sharks fans demanding that he has a Springbok place. Yeah, but to be honest, I guarantee it. Sharks fans love taking a shit player and demanding he play Springbok because he plays for the Sharks. The so, but remember, we, Ben, like once, once Jean-Luc Dupree and Dan Dupree come back, like Tyler Paul won't be really seen or heard of again. Yeah, but uh, they seem a bit to be made of glass at the moment, so... Maybe. Yeah. But, yeah, Ben, the problem is, I think you've wasted a complaint, because, I mean, I doubt we've... I think we've maybe got no Sharks listeners. I mean, it's difficult for them to actually understand listening to a podcast. That's why they're such fans of Keegan Daniel. No, yeah. It's all that, that, that seawater in their ears. It's that warm yeah, seawater. The cold seawater is fine. It's the warm seawater. Keeps you yeah. awake. Yeah. No, no, so sorry. I, I, can I just say I, I apologize to Farrow if he's listening. Farrow <laughs> doesn't so he, listen to us. Well, then Farrow, he's missing out. Us, 
Farrah Far- Far- doesn't need to listen. He knows it all anyway. He's been yeah. there. But yeah. All right. Let, let's leave that, that shit game in Durban behind. Let's talk about the Lions versus the Bulls. What an entertaining game. As a Lions fan, I loved it. Credit to the Bulls, especially uh, if that game had gone on for another 5-10 minutes. I think the Lions were actually in deep trouble, especially when Travis Ishmael seemed to gas everyone in the final 10 yeah, minutes. But really uh, what a game. Yeah, what a game. Uh, Silver Mahuza burning <laughs> Warren Galantz um, out of nowhere. That was lovely to watch. The whole the whole line scoring scoring tries. Alton kicking very well. I'm glad you mentioned Alton earlier, Alex. One thing I wanted to point out, his um, touch fineness from penalties absolutely outstanding. He, he had pinpoint accuracy. He was putting the lines within five meters every single time. Yo, for the penalty, going, which... going, back to, going back to the Sharks game, Rob Dupree is a shit cut, touch kicker. Oh, yeah, he missed one. I, I, like, I remember it was oh, a penalty. He, he, he missed touch, which isn't fucking good enough in any circumstances. No, as soon as no. you do that, the coach should take you off. Yeah. But and Elton, Elton gave a clinic in that. So, on, honestly, yeah. as a forward, if my fly-off ever missed touch, I'll just want to go up to him and just slap him. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, it's true. It's like, no, no, but, but I, I was actually – because I was watching um, the Six Nations the other day. And then I was kind of comparing it to Super Rugby, and I'd say one thing they're a lot better at is touch kicking. Yeah, their positional like, like, kicking is much better. Like, like, like pretty much, pretty much anything. A penalty in their half, if they choose to go for touch, which they they generally go for poles, but mm-hmm. they they'll put it within five, ten meters of the five meter line every time. But we we see our guys getting penalties on the ten and kicking it out on the twenty two, which really isn't good enough. Nah. Do you, think that, do you think that's got anything to do with, like, the conditions up north? Like, the fact that they maybe are just kicking more often because it's, like, soggy underfoot? Or, I don't know, am, am I reaching a bit? They don't. Do they kick more, though? Well, well, no, but, but surely in practice, you, you practice you practice touch kicking on, or you kick 100-odd balls every practice. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's no excuse for it, you're right. Like, it's... Especially I mean, even if you're basics. traveling... It's basics, yeah. Yeah, but it's, especially, like, yeah, at the high felt, I mean... The Bulls and the and the and the Lions, for example, like those guys should never be missing kicks at that altitude. You should never miss your kick. But you know the Sharks. I mean, you're playing in your home ter- your home ground. Like, how do you not know your own field? Um, yeah, there's no excuse for it. It was really bad. Um, just another aspect that I think the Lions deserve credit for. They built their platform. I know that they're known as a flashy team, but I think people always tend to forget they built their platform off their pack and their pack again. We're outstanding. They're missing Yaku Creel. They were missing Quacha Smith, I think, who was attending to a family bereavement or issue, uh, if I recall from what no, I've read. Even then. Bro- Ach, it was his brother's wedding. It wasn't a bereavement. Oh, sorry. Okay, my, my apologies. Well, there you go. Oh, family. Congratulations, Quacha. Yeah, con- congratulations, Quacha. I think we all saw yeah. his uh, wedding, wedding okay. invite. So, and, uh, welcome, welcome to the very stable Guineas. Yes. But Carl Brink, he was solid. Uh, Franco Mostat is moved to seven. He was very solid. I, I do think he was he's still better um, as a lock, but at least he provides another option. Apparently, I, w- I, would say, I would say he's better as a lock. I would say he's the same as a lock, and then it opens up seven for another for a, like a pure loose forward. So well, no, Swayze had I, I a think... conversation with Rassi about that move before we, before he had it. Apparently, so maybe Rassi's showing us a bit it, of a game does. plan. What's it's Rassi not bad does? though. Because because presumably, if Mostert's going to be on the Springbok bench, he's going to be which there. makes the most. Yeah. Forward cover. Yeah, he's going to be there for that broad yeah, forward yeah, so, cover. So, if, if he can cover seven, it does it does give another it does give another yeah. level. Would allow them to either carry an additional loose forward or an additional back, or it does it opens up the bench quite nicely if Mostert can mm. cover seven. That's the thing. Like, I don't think I don't think um, Rassi wants him as a seven. I just think he wants the option. Um, and it's like the same kind of thing as Peter Steph Dutoy. You just want to know that he can do it. And then it, when you're looking at your, your squad halfway through a rugby championship and you've got one or two injuries, it just makes your, your job that much easier. So I think it was worth trying. And it worked out pretty well. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, I've already mentioned Elton Hill's outstanding. Um, Deante, I know he didn't score a try. Again, had a, had a very, very good game. He ain't going anywhere. So He's a very yeah. he's a very complete player. Like, when I first yeah. saw him, I was like, okay, yeah, listen, I, I, I know the type, like, kind of <laughs> supreme finisher, but lacking in a lot of other areas. But I haven't really seen him found wanting on kind of defense or positional play so far. Like, I haven't yeah. seen much of a kind of defensive kicking game from him. 
But apart yeah. from that, he he seems up to up to standard in every every aspect he needs to be. Yeah, I think he, see, I think it's a I think it's a mental thing. Like I think he's just a very confident, ambitious young man, and I think that that is what leads him to like be solid on defense, like to be involved in the game, like chasing high balls really really hard, and making sure he's in a position because he doesn't want to get found out, you know. So he doesn't just approach the game with like a bit more of a lackadaisical attitude which is the problem of a lot of other players like for example um damien dallander like that's probably his biggest issue is that his mental game is is pretty fucked everyone <laughs> knows he's got the, phys- the physical attributes but like he's just not he's just not there upstairs like he he doesn't care as much as he used to when he was a bit younger like now that he's got a box contract i don't know maybe i'm reading too much into it but no, with the anti, like he just thing. wants to be there so badly and he, like, he wants Yo, to succeed he's... so badly like he's so focused on it that he can't afford to let himself get caught out. So it's really just yeah. like it's it's so much but but also now with Cornbrink and Scors I know we chatted about this last week, but with Cornbrink and Scorsan coming back, it's just gonna make uh Deontay and Muhuza play that much better because they're gonna be like, yeah. like listen, they're two quality game. players coming back. The kind of performances we're gonna have to be putting in to keep our places. So like it's such a it's such a kind of Hopefully, it's kind of a healthy competition in the team environment that's really just pushing everyone to play better, which is really good to see. Yeah. Same with the center lines. Like it's, it's so competitive that everyone has to put in their best performance every week, which is what uh, you want. Team. So, talk, talking about the centers, uh, Verenas and Rensburg. So maybe maybe my memory is just terrible. Has he bulked up even more? He just looks like an absolute tank. Uh, and and look, he played very well. I'm very glad he showed some good step broke tackles so he's coming back to or he's back to his old self it, it, am I just being crazy I feel like he's even bulkier I'm not, I'm not saying he's fat I feel like he's even more muscular uh, than previously he looks like a brick shithouse yeah, he's not it's, hard to, like... it's hard to say I mean he used to have yeah. like a little bit more of a Superman build going on with like really broad shoulders and like yeah. a slightly narrower narrower waist and it does look like he's kind of filled out a little bit, like he's just like a like a cubic meter. Yeah, oh, Jesus Christ, he's he's super solid. Uh, quick thoughts to the Bulls. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed having Hunter Pollard at twelve. We finally got our wish. Uh, Marnot's boss off. I was actually couldn't I forgot that he was at the Bulls. Um, <laughs> Pollard looked good, taking the taking the gap, giving him more time to think. I I hope Rusty also knows that. Um, I think all credit to the Bulls. I think the, they look like got done in somewhat by the two yellow cards and i'm not going to weigh into whether they were deserved or not um i do feel the lions got a little bit lucky they didn't they got a warning after they'd already been infringed twice when the bulls were pushing for another try i I think that try got scored at the right time for the lions in terms of Mm. yellow card because i think if if that wasn't a try then suddenly i think he would have had to go back and give a yellow and yeah and all, all sorts of mess so Credit to the Bulls. I, I thought they were very good. Rolf Schmidt, he had a cracking game. Pollard was very good. And look, I know Gallant got burnt, which was a little bit embarrassing. And uh, Jesse Krill, he still cannot run straight, but I think he's running a little bit straighter than he used to. So I think I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how they do against the Reds next week. I think they're very much on the uptrend, and I think Mitchell's shot a, shot a, a firework up everyone's bums that everyone, everyone's playing. So I don't know what you guys think. I was yeah, I was I reading some I was reading a few articles on it and a lot of them were like, oh lions lions crush bulls resurgence or lions like, nah. and I was like come on like, and last year the lions were one of the best teams in the tournament. If the bulls had put in that performance last year, they would have been very happy. Yeah. And the fact that they're taking this even now so early in the season, like people are taking this as a, oh fuck yeah the bulls didn't do. Good didn't do well enough there like i think it shows kind of their their ambitions for themselves and kind of what everyone already thinks of them even off two games so yeah good on them and also just uh, while we're talking about front road tries uh lisa kubaka got over and yes two weeks ago or last week against the hurricanes pierce kuman got over yeah so also Se- pretty good from that perspective <laughs> the golden the era season yeah, of the golden prop era golden era fantasy hot tip load up on South African props because they have white line fever yeah but not Thomas Tutoya did Guthrow Steenkamp release like a biography (laughs) recently and he's sort of given them all tips or something because he was (laughs) prodigious at finding the white line yeah that's true Uh, he was a little bit selfish but all all glorious depending which do you know who also likes a bit of white line Mm -hmm. yeah call my hunt (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was actually wondering. Yeah, 
That's true, wondering... though, inappropriate klaxon. I was wondering how, where you were going to go with that, because I was like, no prop text for cocaine, they're all too fat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 sort of quite pure and honest. I, I thought I thought Ben was going to bring up Sona Tomalolo. <laughs> no, I, I knew Ben was, I knew Ben was doing a cocaine joke, but I'm racking my mind for a skinny prop that that might have a cocaine problem, but I just couldn't get it. So. Uh, I actually I actually apologise. Do you know who allegedly has white line fever? <laughs> no, no, no. He was bust last oh year. Oh my god, so it's fine. You're fine. Um, yeah, I, I was actually I actually read a bit of a, a bit of a follow up on him, and it looks like like he's kind of taken some personal time or whatever. But I reckon Carmichael. Yeah. It seems like. Like once, because he got fined like six hundred Aussie dollars or whatever for having like one pull up yeah, next or something. So I think he's going to do a bit of a stint and kind of rehab ish. Uh, but they, then I reckon he'll get back on it because the Reds desperately needs something. Yeah, but this is last chance saloon for him. He's, this is his uh, second he'll or third chance. Back as what flower for te- or fifteen? Uh, fifteen. Uh, probably. He, he's quite old. Eh? He's thirty one, so yeah. he's not. Yeah, um, he's also he's, a code jumper. He must, wasn't a yeah. He's a co-jumper as well. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's just move on to the uh, Yagiadas versus the Hurricanes. So, just a quick final words. Overall, good game versus the African rugby. Both teams are up training, but fantastic showing by the Lions. They face the Blues next week. The Blues better watch out. But uh, the Hurricanes. Geez, did you see that cheap shot? Who scored that try? Was it Ben Lamb? Ben Lamb scored the try. Matera like ran into him after he scored the try. It like knocking him into the advertising board. Yeah. It, was, it was such an yeah, Argentinian pretty... thing to do. Pulling yeah, in... it was so fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> did he pick up a? I don't know. Like, there, was, there was like nothing in it for them. Like, I don't know. Argentinians are weird people. <laughs> banditos, lovable banditos. I think is the title. I stayed up for that game, and it was it was really like it was poor. Like they were, no one looked good. Like Nani Lamapi was probably their best player on the day, and K okay, scored like one typically Nani Lamapi try. But other than that, he like he dropped the ball a lot. He gave away a couple of penalties for like holding on to the ground or something stupid. And everyone like everyone just looked off the pace. Like Perinara wasn't that kind of in it. Um, both the Barretts were were pretty terrible. Like Geordie Barrett, I don't know what he was doing because he, he was the only reason I stayed up to watch the game. Cause he's in my side, <laughs> and like he just really didn't do much. Like he was doing weird sort of behind the back passes that went to no one. It just looked stupid, and the forwards were also nowhere. Like Adi didn't play well. Okay, towards the end, like I guess after I went to bed, they started cooking. Like I saw the um, who was it? it wasn't Shields? It was uh, Blade Thompson. Oh yeah, like, that was a good try. Blade Thompson's try with um, Alex Fido. That was fucking good. Um, but yeah, overall, like I don't know. The, maybe it's just the the schedule that they've had with the straight tour to Pretoria and then to Argentina, but and obviously the the mix up with Argentinians stealing all their luggage. They, like the Hurricanes just don't look comfortable. Like they look like they're still waiting for their season to start. So hopefully they're just going to get better because, yeah, I don't know. It's very disappointing. Uh, yeah, I, look, I, I, look, I don't watch the game, but uh, I, I imagine since Barrett was essentially uh, Geordie, sorry, younger Barrett, he was rushed back. Maybe he had a bit of ring rust, same as Brad Barrett. And next week they're up against the Crusaders, as we've already mentioned. So they, they got a tough game. But again, Yeager is very disappointing. I know it was nine. 12 or something like that for quite some time and then I just fell off the wagon I'm pretty disappointed with the Aguiardas, they pretty dog meat right now and I, I, was, I was expecting more from them, so yeah it's, 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 it's rather disappointing uh, if you ask me yeah, no I agree no, um, nothing, nothing, nothing better than that chap, so it's just like deathly quiet yeah, no, sorry uh, I was, I was uh, trying to think back to it like I just, I don't know, there's because I mean the 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 Haguaris in the past like they've never been good on the field, right? But mm. you've got individual guys who normally stand out a little bit. Like Tukulet last year had a really good season. Pablo Matera had a really good season. Obviously Augustine Creevy. And then they have like just guys dotted around the park who who should be better. Like should do okay. Like in a vacuum. Like on any on any given play they can hold their own. This is over the course of a whole 80 minutes that they fall apart. And I'm just not seeing it. Like maybe I haven't watched the games closely enough, but. You know, the normal, like, guys like Lozana and Lavanini and even, like, okay, actually, I'd be quite impressed with Gonzalo. Did Lavanini actually play this Canoe? week? Uh, I don't think he played this week. Yeah, I don't mm. think he was on there. I can't remember. But, I mean, like, in the back line, like, I don't know, Sanchez also, like, we he's been around for so long, he really should be doing better than he is. And maybe, like, 
I don't know. Like, because they, they stripped Creevy of the captaincy, right? And they gave it to Majora. Yeah. Yeah. So there's obviously one or two changes that are happening behind the scenes that we don't necessarily know about. And it doesn't seem to have had a positive effect on them. Yeah. yeah. Overall, anything, anything further to add, uh, Matt? Uh, from, uh, from your side? Yeah. Probably the biggest RG lover here. Um, and uh, begrudgingly so. I'd probably like to add. RG lover. <laughs> Love is a bit of a strong word. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't really catch much of this game. I sort of glanced at the highlights quickly while they were on in between catching the odd sevens game, to be honest. Well, uh, yeah, next week I'm sure it, it doesn't get um, any easier, the Waratahs, and they're traveling through to the Aguilars. And I think I, I, I mentioned in the predictions episode, sorry to interrupt you, Matt, Falar's uh, going to have a field day uh, breaking tackles left, right, and center. So I, I fear, I fear for the Aguilars. They really need to get their act together. I don't know. I think yeah. they might do a bit better. All right, uh, German. Anything uh, that that's I mean that's we've gone through the week. Anything else that uh, that pops to your attention? I think we'd be remiss. We'd be remiss not to mention the King's first win of the season in the Pro 14. Ah uh, yes, yes, that's right. Uh, tell me about how did it go down? And I think that they beat the Dragons, right? Yeah, they beat the Dragons. What was the score? It was something ridiculous. Huh? 45, 13 or something off the top of my head. But yeah, um. Uh, Alex, I know you caught some of the game, right? Uh, well, yeah, I watched mostly the first half. Yeah. Well, uh, then I you missed, missed out the second the half. Yeah. The action, yeah. Yeah, the second half was yeah, ridiculous. Was like, I watched the highlights. There were like 31 un- unanswered points from the fir- from the second half by the Kings. And I don't know, I, I kind of like the Kings' attitude that they got the ball in their 22 and then instead of kicking it away, they decided to run it almost every time, which led to three of their tries starting from runs in their, sort of breakaway runs in their 22. In terms of the way the way teams defend, if you kind of have the balls to run it out of your 22, you essentially ta- attack 15 on 12. So there there are there are kind of benefits to running it out of the 22, but obviously it is yeah, it's high risk high reward. Yeah, but yeah, no, it looked because quite quite often even the scrum half sort of sweeps in that situation, so you almost attack 15 on 11. So. Yeah. It's kind of, especially if you push it out wide, like attacking from your 22 is a, yeah, their wings is not a well, so yeah. bad option at all. Yeah, no, it was actually a lot of fun. And then I just quickly went to the Pro 14 site just to check stats quickly for something. And I, mm-hmm. I, had, I had a bit of a chuckle to myself. Guess who's, got, guess who's listed here as most tries and most clean breaks? Uh, Pro 14. Yeah, Pro 14. Yeah. Is it not? Is it not Zola Mapimpi? Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, is it the, the guy who hasn't played played Pro 14 for like a month. He's listed as the <laughs> most clean breaks break. and the most tries. Yeah. I, then, I, I'm very, I'm very surprised he didn't get an offer from a team in Europe. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. And then uh, maybe he did. Who knows? Yeah, maybe he wanted to come home. And then I was. Well, I just. I'm not trying to stir the pot here, but how many, um, beyond props, I know Brian Majati went over, but how many uh, black rugby players go to Europe? Not that many yeah. compared to compared to white rugby players. Um, can can, can I, 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 th- I think this is sort of an episode in itself, but uh, I've actually got a theory that the quota system disadvantages black players when it comes to going overseas. Yeah, because you mentioned that. If a black player is playing for the Springboks or even like one of the Super Rugby teams, the the European select obviously they all know about the quota system, so they they automatically presume they are quota, so they have to do that much better to justify a place in Europe compared to a white player. So, yeah, it's an interesting um, sort of side effect of the quota system, I would say. Obviously, I don't have kind of hard That's numbers, but. There's the, that, I mean, yeah, there's definitely that that stigma that they just hear the quota words and then they just obviously downgrade the players in their mind. Well, you just reminded me, Ben, that we're, we're definitely going to do a transformation episode. I think it's something that people don't like to talk about, but it's a, it's a reality and we should speak about it because if SRAB get it right, and look, there's a lot of uh, well-willing people who want to get it right. Um, I think it's... It's moving rugby forward uh, in South Africa, as, as complicated as it might or might not be. So I think, yeah, I think I think at some point we can definitely have a chat about that. Uh, four white guys talking about transformation. I was going to say we, we, we should maybe <laughs> should we should maybe broaden broaden the, the the cast for that one. Maybe, yeah, maybe I think, and, and that will. Two. Yeah, I, I think just to uh, go beyond our lived experience yeah. uh, in in that regard, um, and I think. I think that's it, guys. Uh, I don't. I have nothing further to add. If, if you guys don't, we've just under an hour. Anything else? Or are we going to re- give that a wrap? 
Uh, the, the sevens, we did oh. okay. Yeah, we, uh, we got a bronze. Oh, sorry, quick mention. No, we, sevens, did, did you no, we got fourth. We got fourth. Yeah, we oh, lost, shit, we lost in the bronze match. Oh, lame. No, but, but did you see the try by the American guy? Um, yeah, the Perry Maker. Jesus. He ran yeah. like 100, 150 meters or something stupid. Yeah, and he broke tackles, dodged Oaks. Uh, uh, whoever made that video deserves a high five. They literally had a little line tracking him, dodging tackles, and then burning uh, Fijian seven players. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's not Baker's, easy thing to do. Perry Baker's apparently the fastest guy in rugby at the moment. So. Yeah, no, that's, isn't that Colin Isles? Or is Perry Baker faster than Colin Isles? I think Perry Baker's faster than Colin Isles because Perry Baker used to be a sprinter, and he yeah, was he like, wasn't, a, yeah, like, he was like a, a line for Olympics. Lynn Isles used to be a sprinter. No, guys. Perry Baker, not... Baker used to be a better sprinter. <laughs> Perry Baker used to be a sprinter well, in Colin the US. Isles is like the 40th, the 40th fastest person in America or something. Really? I, I don't know. Yeah, because ba- they've always okay. touted that fact that Baker's... The, then either then he's possibly the fastest guy in True. sevens, but yeah. But, but the, yeah, same, yeah, same, I'm out of my depth now with this conversation. Like, I just don't have the data to back it up, but I think Perry Baker's faster. <laughs> Uh, okay. I'm, I'm taking well, Alex's corroborating evidence for McLean. So <laughs> I really need to watch more sevens. Okay, yeah. but um, I just want to say um, the USA, obviously they won this tournament, so it's easy to speak about them. But they, did, they, oh, did they win? Yeah. I, so yeah. I didn't see, oh, that's lacquer. No, that, that's awesome for sevens rugby. I know oh, they, they're so a sleepy I, giant. Yeah. Their first win? No, no, they, they uh, won last year. Yeah, they won something last year. They've got the... Oh, but their their basics are so well drilled. Like they have like the highest kickoff retention. They have the best scrum, the best yeah. line out. Like, like any sort of controllable thing, they're probably the best in the tournament at it. So they've just kind of shown that if you sort of put in the hours, or if you if you put in the hard work, like the results will come. Yeah, so I wonder also, how yeah. much yeah. of that influence is coming from like the analytics side of American football. I was listening to this podcast this morning on the way to work and it was on crypto a completely random sidetrack and the guy was talking about the left tackle in American football and I don't know shit about American football but he protected the blind side and apparently for ages the guy who protected the blind side of the quarterback was paid shit and then suddenly everybody realized wait a minute this guy is protecting the area that your quarterback can't see your quarterback naturally is your most important player so their salaries yeah. got shooting through the roof so yeah. I I, I, I'm not surprised it's happening in sevens. It's way more accessible. It's a pity it quite hasn't hasn't happened in 15 man rugby. The, the United no, States well, are the sleeping the giants US of world rugby. The US is not going to put money into it if they can't win an Olympic medal out of it. So, <laughs> oh, they get sevens. That's why they got sevens. Yeah, that's why sevens. Can I just say something quite interesting about American football? Yeah, I should because, be, I should okay, okay. So, so the the teams are salary cap. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think it's like say like a hundred million US for, but but then the squads are big. They're like sixty players. Yeah. But the the quarterback generally earns about half the salary cap. Yeah. Then okay. Really? But then, yeah. But then the the quarterback sure, okay. will pay his blockers. You know those those little like their version of props. I don't know what yeah. they're called. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, the tackle is pretty fair. Well, it's something like that, yeah. Yeah, so so the the quarterback will pay those guys out his own salary. Like, what? Depending. No, 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 wait, no, wait, wait. Let me. Okay, so sorry, let me he stop that again. He tips so, the guys who who basically block someone from getting it. No, but I, yeah, so, yeah. I, I, so, so, so he, I, I, he supplements I, I, their salaries. So I, I have a question. Okay, sorry. So the quarterback gets paid in in essence a shitload of money, and then does yeah. the quarterback does the quarterback decide? No, I don't think he gets to decide. Which, I think was it, it? No, no. I, I, I think the quarterback does decide, but I don't know if if it's. Oh. I guess they structure how they want. Like I don't know if it's like a performance based thing or what exactly. But I don't know. This is my my knowledge well, of this. But apparently that is kind of the the system. That is very interesting, though. It's almost like builds a, a greater bond, if I can say that, between um, the quarterback and the guys protecting him. That's very interesting and. Uh, one of the other rugby podcasts I listen to, they're also big fans of American football. And I always kind of think, oh, American football, whatever. But I think, I don't know, there's a lot more happening to it than yeah. than yeah. I. Alex, you're quite into it, aren't you? You play a bit of Madden um, and stuff. Yeah, I'm quite a big fan. Um, just like, as, just while we're talking about it, something that um, is quite current, because they are running the yeah. NFL Combine currently, I think today and yesterday or this last weekend, they had the Combine, What's which is that? where all the... 
So that's where yeah. all the rookies come from, um, normally from varsity, so from college football. Yeah. And they basically are, it's like a tryout thing for being drafted into the NFL. So obviously they spent the last couple of years playing college ball being and impressing people and they're on everyone's radar to be drafted. And then they have a weekend set aside where they basically do measurables. So you run like a 40 yard dash, like or like our, their version of the 100, 100, 100 meter sprint, right? Yeah. yeah. So you get time, you get time for your 40 or 40 yard dash. You get uh, measured for your vertical leap, like how high you can jump from standing start. Um, your um, horizontal leap, like how your your um, how far you can jump in front of you, like a long jump but from a standing start. And then a number of other drills, like quarterback drills, that you can do, and um, also your bench press. So there's a set amount of weights that you have to bench press as many times as you can. And then those all get logged by scouts and by from all the franchises. They send scouts there and they monitor, and the whole thing's televised. And they, that's when you're like, it's your, last, it's your last chance to basically perform um, and show them what you can do, like what you're capable of. And then they use that to assist them in their drafting. Like the whole thing's like totally, it blows rugby out of the water in terms of professionalism and level like of preparation. Cattle, to and be honest, it sounds crazy. like cattle. Sounds like a prime yeah, it's, like, it's like a cattle auction. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like, like a prime like, opportunity for Jordan Ulysses to show his worth as the <laughs> ultimate money, money ball pet. I know he wasn't great this week, guys, but he's growing into it. So I had to, he has to get his obligatory uh, one or two minutes about a uh, money ball watch. Jordan Ulysses. Before we move on, the reason I bring up the combine was because um, a young man by the name of Shaquem Griffin was at the combine this weekend. Um, he's a linebacker, so he's a, he plays on the defensive side of the, of the ball. They're almost like uh, their equivalent of loose forwards. Like he's kind of like an eighth man, like a general linking defensive player. Um, and the reason why he's notable is because he only has one hand. What? He was he was born with amniotic. Uh, I can't remember what it's called now. Um, amniotic syndrome or something that affected his left hand. So he had like a stunted left hand, right? His hand, yeah. left hand, never fully developed. And it's a crazy story because when he was four years old. His mom walked in on him in the in the kitchen trying to cut off his own hand because hand. it was so painful. He was trying to cut off his left hand because he was in so much pain from it. And his parents were like, shit. So they took him to get his his, his hand amputated. And um, he's he's basically becoming a professional football player now, uh, one-handed. And he has like a prosthetic that he used for the bench pressing. But he doesn't play with a prosthetic. He just plays with a stump. And he was like an All-American linebacker last year, and he's got a whole lot of awards and shit. And he's apparently shit hot. Linebackers. Don't... And he ran. Sorry. Do they run with the ball much, linebackers? No. So well, he's on the defensive side, so, so they only ta- he's yeah, getting tacklers essentially, and then the odd sort of pickers. Yeah, it, they're mostly, it, um... mostly tacklers, but he's, he's played a bit of strong safety, which is um, sort of defensive back, which means that you're trying to intercept the ball sometimes. Oh, okay. Okay. He has, done, he has done a bit of that, but he's mostly a linebacker. But the reason why he, he was like everyone was talking about him other than the fact that he's overcome this massive disability is that he ran the fastest 40 meter dash or 40 yard dash in modern history. Like since they started doing the NFL combine, Fuck. no one's run the 40 yard dash faster than he has. And he ran it faster than Julio Jones. Who's like one of the best wide receivers in the league at the moment. This guy's a fucking beast. Jeez. Uh, knowledge drop. My brain is going, what? That's not no, 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 absolutely. No, it's, it's, it's damn interesting. So thank, thanks for that, Alex. You can keep... If we need to talk about American football and uh, the crazy shit they're doing, we, we de- you're the man to ask, definitely. Uh, sport, I, 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 really I think to to bring it back, I think if you, if you look at American football, their sort of professionalism, the way they draft teams, the way, you know, the way they scout players and stuff, that's probably what rugby's going to look like in 20, 30 years. So... You know, we might as well we might as well get a head start and check out what they're up to. No, absolutely. And sorry, I know I'm busy just peering through the fantasy stuff. A guy who had a fantastic game for the Stormers. Uh, sorry, I know it's a complete sidetrack. Quibbs Visa, by the way, he he was actually excellent. He uh, took the line, knocked up Oaks. He did he did very very nicely. Okay I just felt he deserved it mentioned. Sorry. He's okay to come back as well, isn't he? No, no, he'll be. Yeah, they said he was coming back. But yeah. uh, I, just to, I just wanted to bring up his name. He had a, he had a fantastic game. But I, I agree. Yeah, I think the more we can learn from American football, uh, the better. I know Eddie Jones, he's very much all about mixing stuff, but he's under pressure as coach. When's the next Six Nations game, by the way? Uh, is it this coming weekend or, or next? I think it's this weekend because I saw Scotland apparently have a whole bunch of players back. 
Um, so I'm assuming that's this weekend. Hey, can I can I just say I, I feel very sorry for Eddie Jones because he's won 23 out of 25 games. Hmm. And now he's being arrested. And, and, and they call oh, him on, for on, Ima- on imagine, transport. <laughs> imagine, imagine, imagine Peter De Villiers uh, was the Peter De Villiers or Alistair Kutsia was the England coach. How long do you think they would last? 45 minutes. Yeah, uh, pretty much. <laughs> They'd fire him at half time. But ben, 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 remember, as you told me, I think, in the other episode, with regards to the King, you're only as good as your last game, and Eddie Jones is only as good as his last game, which is the last. No, but, but I'm sorry, it's, it's fucking... No, I'm it's joking, fucking I'm joking. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, they should really kind of look inwards. Like, this is probably the most... Successful stint like ever in English well, rugby. That's the thing. The, the Brits get like that though. They, 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 they've tasted some victory and now, now it's gone to their head. Now they think they're the best at rugby. Yeah. When they've exactly. been, when they've been sort of, just knocking at the doors of the sort of top tier for the long, for the longest time. Now all of a sudden they're great because I think a lot of it has to do with old what's his face. Uh, as shit as Lancaster was, he did a lot of work with the. With the younger younger guys and all that, and the high school kids and that, oh, and that's what they say. And Eddie's yeah. sort of reaping the benefits of the unseen benefits of what Lancaster was actually good at. Not necessarily. Yeah. He was not not necessarily the best senior coach. I think he was shit as the British as huh. the English coach, but I think he definitely planted a lot of seeds that I think Eddie Eddie sort of on the side on the slide got to reap for himself yeah well if Billy Vodopolo isn't fit they they got zero go forward ball uh, by the looks of it and, and they refuse to pick Don Armand who's apparently shit hot so we shall see come June July I'm looking forward to that test series uh all right I, I think that that's going to be a wrap thank you very much for your time and, your, and what was a rather stimulating conversation uh, I must say I thoroughly enjoyed that so uh Ben thank you very much uh, for joining us yeah sure cheers then uh, we Alex, thanks. Uh, also, that uh, vibe on American football, I, I kind of feel if I had more time in my life, I should check it out. It is, it is pretty interesting. Uh, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, we and uh, Matt, uh, thanks. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Cheers. Cool. And uh, yeah, if you're out there listening, check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, follow us. We had a blow mind, so oh, come on. We, we, we should keep saying, um, please, if you do listen to us on iTunes, uh, give us a rating, possibly a review. Uh, We'd be ever grateful. Thank you. Yes, uh, we, we would be. We we put in some time and effort and have fun yeah. while doing it. If we if we get um, if we get a hundred ratings, we will buy Super Brew Gold and be the only people who have it and share all the insights. <laughs> what, what, yeah, what, what is Super Brew? What does Super Brew Gold let, give you? No one, no one zero, will pay for it. Yeah, no zero advertising. Nobody, nobody knows. Nobody cares. But the, the Ben has made the commitment. If we get uh, 100 ratings, we will get Super Bowl Gold. It's made. I will, uh, I will drop the 29 rent a month personally. Oh, yeah, all of us will. I'm, all of us will. I'm opening uh, iTunes now just to make sure. We, we Last I checked, we were sitting on five. So I think you're good, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Do we actually have five ratings? No, we had five yeah, ratings like, last I checked, like two weeks ago. Oh, what's our what, what's our current rating? I'm gonna, Sorry, um, before, before they've been good. I think. Okay, I'm gonna be honest. I think one of them was me, so that was obviously biased. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Did you give us like four? Five. And not five. Five. No, sorry, <laughs> yeah. no, come on, I'm not gonna sell out short. Five. <laughs> okay. Uh, what I should have done was said four. Too much talking about uh, Jordan Ulysses. Oh gosh. Okay. Uh, well, I, all right. Uh, you know, you can hold. You can hold on to it. That's going to wrap it up for this uh, episode of Elite Rugby Banter. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week.